is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Tim. All right, let's get to that waiver wire. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Tuesday show on September 25th. Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings. I got to say, it's going to be tough to top week three. Week three was an awesome week of football. Uh, react to that very obvious statement. It was it was not fun for us from what we do for a living. Why? Because there was a lot of bad calls. <laughs> it wasn't what? fun if you were watching the Titans-Jaguars game. In an era where like it's commonplace for teams to score four touchdowns per game, they totaled five field goals. So it's nice. It's a nice, like a refreshing mix in of defense there. No, it, it hurt imagine, my eyes. Can you imagine watching that game and and not being able to watch like Saints Falcons or Chiefs? Uh, who they play? How about watching any other game? Literally any other game. Well, I mean, that three. Dallas game was pretty bad too. Oh, that was a tough. There were to some watch. big plays in that game. How many big plays were in the Tennessee Jacksonville game? There were like none. Yeah, you're. I'm old school, Dave. I like that stuff. No, actually, I thought it was a great game. The Thursday night game was so fun. The fans were great in that game. The fans were great last night. Really fun game. Let's hope week four is the same. We're going to talk about waiver wire priorities. We're going to recap Sunday night and Monday night. And let's get right to it. Who are your top three or so waiver wire priorities for fantasy week four? I think it depends what you need because there's uh, probably a lot of need for quarterbacks given the two teams on a bye and the loss of Jimmy Garoppolo for the season. So quarterback could be a huge priority, but um, it, it's very wide receiver heavy this week. Yeah, you got to start with Calvin Ridley and Tyler Boyd. Well, Ridley's owned in too many leagues, so if well, you can't so, get your hands on him, well, let me then just stop there boring. because Ridley is owned in seventy-two percent of leagues. John Brown is owned in seventy-eight percent of leagues. There are actually a lot of running backs who are in the like seventy to seventy-eight percent ownership range. Like in only three Jones. though that I would say. Uh, okay, well, uh, so like Aaron Jones, Bilal Powell, Chris Carson, Marlon Mack, Rashad Penny, Alfred Morris, Tariq Cohen. Uh, you know, Jamie, for for the waiver wire purposes, he usually looks at 65% owned or less, right? Is that the cutoff? Yeah, because, I mean, you know, the 10-team leagues are going to find those guys like Calvin Ridley available. 12-team leagues for the most part are not. For the most part. But what I'm saying is with all those running backs, maybe there's a chance you look at your waiver wire in a 12-team league. One of those guys is there. Yeah, I would say I would say Jones, Powell, and Carson are the three. The rest of them are, I don't think are going to be very popular. What about Marlon Mack? Not interested? Can he play? I I don't know, but they need a running back there. Yeah, go trade for Le'Veon. <laughs> Uh, all right, so all I'm saying is we don't spend too much time on guys like Calvin Ridley, John Brown, but if they're available on waivers, you know, they're they're obviously priorities. So with that said, Tyler Boyd was a name I heard. Heath, yes. I don't think Heath Cummings has said one word. Are you going for like, are we playing a game here, Heath? I'm not playing any games. Uh, uh, my top three would be wide receivers. We're looking at guys below 65%. I would go Tyler Boyd, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams. Okay, Tyler Boyd, it's Chris good, Godwin, Mike Williams. Good threesome. Cool. Any other names? Uh, no. All right, there's got to be some Packers. Yeah, there are. You're not, not, you're not, not making not, a beeline to Vance McDonald. Not better than those three, though. After that stiff arm last that night, was the that greatest play? stiff arm I think I've ever. That's seen. the greatest play of his career. It's the greatest play. It would be of anybody's <laughs> career, you, I guess. But like that yeah. was just a monster play. Did you see some... Cam Hayward's reaction on the sideline? Yes, yes, yes. That was how did that not get more airtime? Like I would have replayed that ten times if I were ESPN. That was amazing. Uh, that it was a really great play. Uh, how much fab would you throw down on? Let's just say Calvin Ridley or John Brown is available on waivers. How much fab for those guys? The problem with that is there are so many of those caliber of receivers right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to overspend for those players in particular, and and, and even the the Boyd's, Mike Williams. I, I, it's still amazing to me how much Chris Godwin is available. But um, th- there's we just it's three weeks now of just these guys and more of them producing at this level that you shouldn't overspend for them, but probably ten to fifteen percent. It top. depends on how badly you need a wide receiver as well. Because next week we're gonna have, you know, probably a good Callaway game. We'll have a good uh you know DJ Moore game. We'll have a good, you know, somebody D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook, yeah. Keelan Cole, somebody that people may drop and then he gets back into the, you know, frame of 
good production. There's just so many of these type of guys. We'll have a, a Dallas receiver at some point. We'll have a, a Dolphins receiver, you know, right. not Kenny But do, do you not see with Ridley, with Mike Williams, two first-round picks in the NFL draft, do you not see the potential for these guys to be in you your lineup every week? Be star- uh, yeah. abso- Absolutely. But I, I just think the point is, what are you committing to for what your budget is over the course of the season? So you should try and get them, absolutely. But don't overspend for them. Like, don't spend 50% of your fab. Don't spend 40%. You know, I mean, it's it's probably still in the, you know, 15% range at most. Okay. I'm right. thinking it depends on how thin you are at receiver and what you might need with the bye weeks coming up as well. And so you're not going to spend 40% of your budget on one of these guys. But what if you spent 40% on two of them? And you kind of went hog wild to build that wide receiver depth to have guys ready to go for your bye weeks and to get players on your squad that have been scoring at a crazy clip. If you are the A.J. Green owner, are you going to Tyler Boyd before, say, Mike Williams? I am anyway. Okay, then let me ask you this, Heath. If if you're the the, uh, Keenan Allen owner, are you going to Mike Williams before Tyler Boyd? You know, I... It's probably something you should consider. It's not the way that my brain normally works, but yes. Mm-hmm. I think William's the best of that group, so I'm going to take him first anyway. All right. So there are a lot of good wide receivers. Running backs, not so much. We'll give a brief overview of every position, but uh, we're looking at Tyler Boyd, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin. There's also going to be Geronimo Allison. There's also going to be uh, Antonio Callaway, who was just mentioned. Uh, I didn't mention Tyler Lockett. He's 74% owned. I'm sure if you need a wide, we don't expect Doug Baldwin back this week. Not as of now. No. Yeah. Now there's another guy scoring in every single game. <laughs> About to face a team that has not allowed a touchdown to a wide receiver yet in the Arizona Cardinals. Um, but they've, they've faced Washington, the Rams and the Bears so far. No touchdowns to wide receivers. Uh, but yeah, he'll be popular too. He's 74% on Lockett might be closer to 90, uh, by tomorrow. Just a few things to promote. We got CBS All Access. I use it every week. It's no joke. That's how I watch the NFL on CBS games, my local CBS games. Go to cbs.com slash NFL and try it for free. And just watch some football on your computer on whatever device, cbs.com slash NFL. We got a whole bunch of podcasts that you should be interested in. Amazing college football podcast, the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. We got a great wrestling slash MMA slash boxing podcast called In This Corner. We've got the Pick 6 podcast with Will Brinson uh, talking football. He gets Pete Prisco on, Lock and Fora. He gets Brady Quinn. He gets player interviews, gets great guys on all the time. Will Brinson, uh, that's the Pick 6 podcast. If you want a whole list, go to cbssports.com slash podcast. And, of course, watch Fantasy Football Today. Live noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. Watch it on CBS Sports HQ. That you can get on the CBS Sports app, on your Roku, on your Apple TV, on your Amazon Fire. Whatever you use to watch those types of apps, download the CBS Sports app. And watch CBS Sports HQ. Guys, uh, you know, because I, I don't like the way I've been doing the show lately, where we wait too long to talk about a bunch of waiver wire players, can we get just a sneak peek at each position we don't have to go in depth on the guys, but I just want to throw out some names at the top of the show. Let's start with quarterback and who you might be looking at on the waiver wire. Andy Dalton. Okay, a couple more. Maybe Keenum. Yeah, I mean Dalton should be the first one just based on his matchup and recent play. Uh, great, great situation this week against Atlanta. Baker Mayfield, uh, just with the opportunity to now be the starter and decent matchup this week against. Oakland. He's not my favorite. He's not even the second favorite streamer for me behind Dalton, but he's he's certainly in the conversation for rest of season. Um, Ryan Tanhill with uh, the way he's been playing in the Patriots defense. Cool. So there's three three for me. Great. Um, running back. This is the <laughs> this is the hard one. Hopefully there's some of those higher owned guys like a Bilal Power or something available. Chris Carson. But if not, what what do we do at running back this week? You pass. Yeah, just don't go at anybody. Yeah, you, you don't have to add somebody from every position every week. No. But if you need somebody, go get Buck Allen. Okay, Buck Allen. That's about as good as it gets. And, and I mean, there are you know deeper leagues for the injury replacement guys. Wendell Smallwood had a nice role and, and was productive with it with both the Giants rolls out. So if they are out again, you can you can look at him. And I don't think game script is going to favor Chris Ivory like it did last week where he had twenty three carries, twenty three touches. But he's the guy without Lashawn McCoy. I don't think we about, need to And then Jalen Richard in PPR leagues. I mean, he's got two games of his, of the three that he's played with at least six catches. Do you think the Bucks even give a sniff to Ronald Jones 
They and should. you speculate by stashing him on your bench, especially if you drafted him and you let him go already? Do you go back to him thinking that maybe he's got a chance because Peyton Barber's been so bad? It'd be hard for him to be worse. Is is it? I wonder though. Is it, is it Barber or is it just the running situation? Yeah. Uh, well. Yes. I thought it was a running situation <laughs> in week one, but by now I think it's it's Barber. Yeah, so that's not a bad idea, and we'll obviously talk about that game. And uh, I don't think we have to talk about wide receivers. We've already done that. Tight ends to look at? Uh, Benjamin Watson, Vance McDonald. Um, all the all the young, hot tight ends in the league. And there's a, there, there's a chance Hayden Hurst can return soon for the Ravens. I don't know exactly what his role would be, given that they're using all their tight ends, but he should jump to the front of the list based on talent. But uh, he could return soon from that foot injury. Where's Ricky Seals Jones' ownership at? Um, he's like twelve percent or something. He's right? the fourth guy that I have 20%, on the list. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. He's at twenty percent. I think he's a decent streamer. This yeah, no, week. Uh, I, I don't like him this week, but I think just to see how he does with Rosen would be fun to watch. I mean, the the targets are there the first two weeks, so hopefully they come back. Tight end's not great either, but if you want maybe six points in non PPR. Red Ellison, let's look at the last three games Red Ellison played without Evan Ingram. I'm going to include week 16 last year, the second-to-last game of the year. Ingram played 13 snaps left with an injury. Uh, he had four for 60 on seven targets. The next game he had five for 63 on six targets. And then last week, three for 39 and a touchdown on nine targets. Red Ellison is unowned and deeply guy. He's on That James is interesting. Twist. That is an interesting call. Yeah, I hope I hope it's right. They're playing New Orleans. New Orleans defense has been uh, pretty bad this year. Do we do we know what the status is of Von Bell? Because that's one of the guys that would typically take turns covering a tight end. And if I, he's not there, that helps that helps the matchup even more for him. No, I do not know. Um, but let's talk. Uh, just give me a few DSTs we should look at. I like the Seahawks at the top of the list for streaming DSTs this week against Josh Rosen. Agreed. They're my favorite one. Uh, Packers. Packers are my favorite, yeah. I don't care what the Vikings uh didn't or did not do against the Bills. Back to back road games for them should be uh should be a good one. And then I think the Lions, the Dallas offense is awful mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. The the Dallas Cowboys have given up five sacks to Carolina, I think six sacks last week. The Giants didn't sack them, the Giants don't sack anybody, but you can get to the quarterback there. Uh and then, you know, should the Vikings and Rams DST owners be looking for options this week because they're bang- both teams are banged up and they're facing each other on a short week. You know, what do you think? There just aren't great options this week, and I would hate to give up one of those defenses for the rest of the year, and I'd hate to carry two defenses. I don't mind the Rams just be- based on how bad the Vikings' offensive line has looked. The only thing about them is like they probably don't have either of their starting corners. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I still think you're going to get after Kirk Cousins a little bit. And that's usually the recipe for disaster for Cousins. Uh, can we talk about they're, they're, they're not a top five option, but uh, to your point, why get rid of them if you right. don't have to? Let's still real quickly on IDP. If, if Sean Lee is out, I don't even know, maybe if he isn't, Leighton Vander Esch is somebody that you could look at at linebacker. Uh, I went through our IDP league and just looked at some of the leaders, some of the guys I'm interested in picking up, but if anybody wants to add some names, I think there are two Cleveland defensive backs. That's a little tricky because you're kind of chasing turnovers. They've been forcing a lot of turnovers, but Denzel Ward and Terrence Mitchell can definitely help you out. Uh, Atlanta defensive back Brian Poole leads all defensive backs in tackles. Chargers defensive back Derwin James, he's owned in more leagues, but he's really good. He's a playmaker. And he's on by this week, but Carolina defensive back Dante Jackson's having a really good year. Might be the highest scoring defensive back in our CBS league. Um, anybody else? I think Leighton Vander Esch, somebody that definitely might want to look, yeah, definitely might, yeah, that you might want to look at this week. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So Denzel Ward, Terrence Mitchell for the Browns, Brian Poole for the Falcons, Derwin James. Dante Jackson, and if you I don't know how old he is, but uh, we talked about this last week. Robert Quinn for the Dolphins. William Hayes now out for the season with the ACL injury, and he's been good, not necessarily great in terms of tackles, but sacks should be. Uh, uh, he may get double digit sacks by the end of the season. And uh, do you real do you realize how bad Aaron Donald has been? Man, just for fantasy or yeah, just in general? For fantasy, he's got like five fantasy points in three games, or maybe yeah. seven. Well, you know, like unless you have to start a defensive tackle, you don't generally want to start a defensive tackle. Yeah, well, we but have that. That's crazy one that was league. drafted to be 
like a superstar for your team. Quinn's ownership is just 10%. So that's a good call if you need a defensive lineman. I got an email to read. It's from Joey in Orlando. Thanks so much for the advice this week. I won the FFT FanDuel contest or 500 bucks. Joey! An additional 100 in other contests. We are taking my little girl to Disney World with the winnings. How awesome is that? See, if you win the contest, you get a trip to Disney. Sort of. Uh, let's see what his lineup was. He had Matt Ryan, Latavius Murray, yeah, Latavius Murray, and he won. Geo, Michael Thomas, Calvin Ridley. That's Ro- why he won. Yeah, Ridley. Robert Woods, Travis Kelsey, Alvin Kamara, and the Cowboys DST. He had two duds: Cowboys DST and Latavius Murray, and he still won the contest with 190.36 fantasy points. 500 bucks to the winner. 250 to second place. And actually a lot of people that get paid out, you might get like 10 bucks, but let's see how many people get paid out. And there's 242 people out of about 1200 entries. So go to fanduel.com slash FFT. Be like Joey. Win 500 bucks. Fanduel.com slash FFT. Uh, and if you make your first deposit at fanduel.com slash FFT, you will get a $20 bonus on your first deposit. We love Fanduel. It's super fun. So happy that you guys are getting into it and girls and uh, competing against us. We can do it every week for just $5 and you get that $20 bonus on your first deposit. Fanduel.com slash FFT. Let me read an email. It's from David. David, Dave Richard, where's David from? St. Paul, Minnesota. Would you rather lose by a super large margin or by point one, like I did last night. Super large margin. Anyone else? Yeah, I don't have any preference. I don't want to lose. <laughs> I prefer, you know. I'd like to yes, win also. Yes. Well, yeah. like, if you lose by a super large margin, it probably means your team's terrible. So, or you just had a bad week, you or bad you week. ran into a, a monster. The, if you were telling me that the points were the same, I'd rather lose. My total team points were the same. I'd rather lose by a lot, but. Obviously, you have to consider tiebreakers as well, so you want to score a lot of points. But yeah, I'd rather lose by a lot. I hate losing by a point or whatever. It just get it ruins my night. Uh, also, David, it what, your night? It, what does it do your night? Ruins my night. <laughs> <laughs> also, David writes in the email, Adam, wait, just wait. Hey, Adam, wait, <laughs> wait. Get a goodbye. Do you know that people are calling? Not just our radio show on Saturday night and doing that, but other radio shows that I'm on. That's awesome. And they say, hey, hey, Jamie, I got a question for you. This guy or this guy? Got to go by. That's, that's <laughs> great. All right, Jimmy Garoppolo is out for the season with a torn ACL. They're at the Chargers this week. The Chargers DSD, by the way, is like 75% owned, so they might be available. I'm assuming you like them? That's, Love them. Yeah, yes. There you go. Um, Matt Breida has a hyperextended knee, and Alfred Morris has an ankle injury. I don't think the... 49ers are going to do very well this week. Uh but are they are they the the most cursed team this year? They look to be that team. They're the Chargers of the NFC. So, yeah, do we expect Or the Chargers is the most cursed team. <laughs> do we expect these guys to play? Breda and Morris? It sounds like Morris for sure. Uh Breda at this point who knows if they want to risk him at less than 100% given that they're probably not going to win. I wonder if they just start to uh, do the tank situation of just getting better draft picks. Well, they're tanking whether they're trying to or not. And by the way, Alfred Morris is seventy is sixty nine percent owned. So nice. if Reed is out, I mean, <laughs> I, he could get he could get twenty carries. He has, gets gets fourteen every week. Um, we got Adrian Peterson. He sprained his ankle. He's expected to play after this week's bye. Evan Ingram was week to week with an MCL sprain. Anthony Miller dislocated his shoulder. He's day-to-day. Rex Burkhead left with a neck injury in the second half. Jamie already mentioned William Hayes, Miami defensive end. He tore his ACL, but they're also going to be without Andre Branch, another defensive end. Probably don't need those guys at the Patriots, right? Uh, well, Branch, big bounce back coming for Brady. I hope so. Branch is out indefinitely. Um, Green Bay defensive end Muhammad Wilkerson out for the season with an ankle injury. That's Ra- Packers defense is really beat up right now. Right, because Kevin King, if he doesn't play... Yep. Yep. Yeah, that could that could be bad for They're, them. And they were bad at middle linebacker. Clay Matthews is getting flagged every time he touches a quarterback. Yeah, we still it, like the DSD, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't love them. I do. I I think you should, I, I really you, don't. I, have you seen the uh the video of the I think it's husband and wife or boyfriend yeah, yeah, girlfriend yeah. of the uh, yes. how, to, how to sack a yes. quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> really funny. 
Uh, what else we got here? Keep Tlaib and Marcus Peters are going to miss this week's game. Tlaib's going to be out at least a month. Could be out for a while. Frank Reich said he's not worried about Andrew's luck ar- Andrew Luck's arm. He's lying. That makes one of us. Uh, Richard Sherman's out two to three weeks with a calf injury. They have the Chargers this week. Josh Rosen's going to start for Arizona. Hayden Hurst could be back th- uh, maybe next week. He's going to practice this week. Could practice this week. Greg Olson says he's way ahead of schedule. The Colts are now down to their third right tackle. Uh, I'm going to skip around here. Uh, we got to keep an eye on Tremaine Brock for Denver. He left with a groin injury. He's day-to-day. I think he should play. Same with Adam Jones in that Monday night matchup against Kansas City. Saints cornerback Patrick Robinson reportedly has a high ankle sprain. That's usually a multi-week thing. The Eagles could be without Rodney McLeod, their safety at Tennessee this week. And the Chiefs could be without D. Ford, their linebacker, their best pass rusher at Denver. Do you expect the following players? Here's the big stuff. Leonard Fournette. No, not yet. Not yet. LaShawn McCoy. Also not yet. Dalvin Cook. Nope. Joe mm-hmm. Mixon. Sorry, same answer. No. Joe, uh, Jason Lacafora reported there's a chance he could play this week, but I'd be very surprised if that happened. Devontae Freeman. If, if they didn't play this week, we don't expect them next week yet. Okay, how about... Uh, Although for, Fournette and Cook do have a chance. Yes. Jack Doyle, Marlon Mack. We need uh, to see them practice. I'm not expecting Marlon Mack to play ever again at this point. <laughs> Jay Ajayi, Darren Sproles. Now those guys, there's there's a report out of Philadelphia that says that they're going to play. That at least they have a chance to play. Okay, good. Alshon, we might Jeffrey. get them back. Alshon, Alshon, not, not. No, he's not cleared for contact yet. Josh Gordon. I would be surprised if he didn't play at this point. I mean, we have no indication from the Patriots we won't get one until like 90 minutes before kickoff if we're lucky. But I, after what their offense looked like on Sunday night, I, I'd be surprised if they didn't put him out there. I think it is time now for our idiot moron move of the week, and I am going to win again. Wait until you hear what I did, but first. You really did it. I <laughs> can't believe this. I have a picture to prove it. <laughs> you idiot. You are such an idiot. Like, what the hell is the matter with you? You moron. I hate you. <laughs> okay, idiot morons. Uh, I'm going to go last because you just won't beat what I did. But anything jump out of you guys, your your dumbest moves of the week? Um, like, I guess it has to be something that was actually dumb, right? It can't be that I have a two quarterback league with Kirk Cousins and Josh Allen and Correct. lost because I started the wrong one. Right, right, right. Okay. What if I started Sony Michelle over Carlos Hyde? Uh, I, you know what? Lost 20 points. Uh, that's, I End guess. The game. That's not so bad. All right, all right. I'll give that a C on the idiot morono-meter. Dave? I lost, hey, I lost to Heath. Oh, sorry, Dave. Uh, no, I, go ahead. I go lost ahead. I'm to, looking for my move. I lost to Heath in our 2016 office league. Because we get bonus points for tight ends, so I kept Nick Boyle in over Wendell Smallwood, even oh. though I picked up Wendell Smallwood with the intent on playing him. <laughs> Nick Boyle, ouch, uh, that's pretty bad, Dave. So in an expert league, I uh, first of all I was sure this week that Jesse James was going to be the better tight end in Pittsburgh and the guy that would have the uh, a good game, a good streaming tight end. Picked him up off of waivers, used him as a flex ahead of Danny Amendola, Michael Crabtree. And Wendell Smallwood. If I started any of those other three guys over James, I would have won. I lost by a point. All right, here we go. I'm going to get the crown for this one. Uh, you know, I did this last week in a few leagues, but it wasn't so bad. Or week two, rather. Week three, it was bad. I started Greg Zerline. Oh, boy. Come on. Yep, started Greg Zerline. Didn't realize it until about 7 p.m. on Sunday when I was looking at one of my scores. I said, oh, my God, I forgot to drop Greg Zerline. And I won. I won. But cost myself some points there. So, And really more respect than points. Yeah. You know, I think I looked at my lineup so many times, and sometimes I think I just scan past kicker. And uh, I must have done that. So started Greg Zerline. I'm an idiot moron. Detroit 26, New England 10. Detroit had the ball for 39 minutes and 15 seconds. New England for 20 minutes and 45 seconds. But you guys were hoping for the uh, rookie running backs to break out a little bit. Sony Michelle had 14 carries. Rex Burkhead had zero. And Carrion Johnson had 16 carries. He had his, the first 100-yard rushing game since 1963 or something like that for the Lions. Oh, come on. What's it been, Barry five Sanders years? Sanders had to have had at least one. <laughs> five years or something? 70 games. 
70, games. 70 game streak without a 100 yard rush. Reggie Bush was the last one. Uh, and LeGarrette Blunt also had 16 carries, so that sucks, but carry, carry on Johnson at twice as many yards. Uh, he looks so much better. He is so much any, better. Than, oh, he is. Than anybody on that field in some cases. So who do you like going better, uh, going forward? Uh, Sonny Michelle or carry on Johnson? How can it not be carry on? I love him this week. I think he's number one running back. Ooh. I, the, my only hesitation with that is that Rex Burkhead's currently injured and carry on Johnson still in this game got 50% of the carries. Right. Yeah. I, I still believe that the Lions will refuse to give carry on Johnson the full workload. Like I, they're, they're still going to use somebody else. Sure. I just, I just like the, the Sean Lee less, Sean Lee less Cowboys in, in a game where they can, uh, they're not going to be behind. And if they are, it's not going to be by much. So they can run the ball here with a lot of success. That game feels like it could be such an eyesore. Oh, it's going to be terrible. Every Dallas I, game, I guess, is going to be boring. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys play bad football. Boring football. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bad right now. Uh, they're, yeah, they're not. They're not so good. I think they feed Zeke this week. Oh yeah, Zeke's going to get thirty touches. Yeah, that's that's going to be the what Carry On Johnson should get. That's going to be the key to this game is the first couple of drives for Carry On because. If Dallas gets out to a 10 nothing lead, then it's going to be Stafford winging it again. Uh, how would you rank the Detroit wide receivers going forward? Galladay. I'm going to, this is just how I'm ranking him this week, so I'll say it moving forward. Galladay, Jones, Tate in non-PPR and Galladay, Tate, Jones in full PPR. And the better that the run game works for Detroit, the worse it'll be for Golden Tate. I'll go Tate, Galladay, Jones in non-PPR, Galladay, Tate, Jones in I'm sorry. Yeah, I switched that. The other way around. Yeah. Tate, Galladay, Jones, and PPR. Galladay, Tate, Jones, and non-PPR. Same. Galladay looks like a really good player. <laughs> really he good is. Player. Yeah. Very talented guy. Um, that's awesome stuff. And then, you know, everybody's down on Chris Hogan. He's on the drop meter We'll talk about that. I get it. Makes sense. But I think this game was really more about Brady. I mean, Brady had 133 yards. Hogan led all this wide receivers. This game or this season? This game. He has 14 targets in the season. Uh, and here yeah, comes but, but Josh it's not, Gordon. Yeah, oh, I, I get that. Just this actually wasn't that bad of a game for Chris Hogan when you look at proportionally what he did. He was the by far the best wide receiver on the team. They can't get open. He's none, playing none the slot. That's the other thing. He's playing the slot. He's not a slot receiver. Like he'll probably, if Josh Gordon weren't there, I would actually maybe be optimistic about Hogan once Edelman comes back. But now that Hogan, now that Gordon's there, I mean, should you I mean, drop I, him? I, I would disagree, Adam. I think he is a slot receiver. He had, he's, we talked about this before we too. He's had a lot of success pulling out of the slot. I don't know. They were talking about that on the broadcast. It's not really. He's not a natural slot player. They put him in the slot because of how they operate, but he's not a natural slot guy. They've been doing it for the last year and three games. So some, there must be something to it. I just think he's, I think he's a good receiver who can line up anywhere who just hasn't gotten the targets. Uh, okay. So let's, uh, let's go to our next game here. We'll talk about Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay. Uh, but I gotta talk to you about honey. This is a really, really cool feature and something that can save you a lot of money. You're shopping online, right? Everybody shops online. Do you suddenly turn into a tab hoarder? You got dozens and dozens of new tabs on your browser. You're looking for a promo code. You're searching for promo codes, just one that's gonna work. And if you just use honey, you're gonna save yourself a lot of money. Honey is the free browser add-on that over 9 million people are using every day to save money while they shop online. I had not heard of Honey until they became a sponsor. And so I went to this website, honey.com slash FFT. It's H-O-N-E-Y dot com slash FFT. You can get it for free. It takes two clicks to install. You will have this on your your browser immediately. And then you start looking at your at your websites. For me, it was uh, Chewy.com. I was looking for, for cat food and litter and stuff like that. And while you do that, Honey scans and tests millions of coupons in the background. This is a really, really cool thing. And then at checkout, Honey automatically applies the best coupon. Time Magazine calls Honey basically free money. And that's why over 9 million people are using it. And together they've saved millions of dollars. So I really, I didn't know how this worked. It's very, very cool. It's very easy. You don't have to do anything. You just go to honey.com slash FFT and then you do your online shopping. And you let Honey find you the coupons, and you save money. So give it a shot, everybody. Honey.com slash FFT. It's free. It takes just two clicks. It will save you tons of money. Honey.com slash FFT. Start saving today. Pittsburgh 30, Tampa Bay 27. 
Your thoughts on Ryan Fitzpatrick going forward? He should play one more game maximum. You think he's done after next week? I think he should be. Just based on last night? I don't like that I don't think that last night was Fitzmagic. That was Ryan Fitzpatrick. He put his team in a big hole and then he scored a bunch of points when he was down by two or three scores. But what about the first two weeks though? He was awesome. He's now he thrown awesome. for four hundred yards in three straight games. That is the first quarterback to do that. Yeah. Uh he by the way, the two inters two of the three interceptions he threw were not his fault. Right. And I just I feel like the perfect storm is still there for him. The line is still doing a good enough job. I know he was sacked three times. Doing a good enough job to keep him upright. His receivers are great, even though Deshaun Jackson didn't come through like he has in the first. And Godwin had some bad drops. Yes, Yes. he did. Yes, he did. And and the run game sucks. So as long as all those things are happening, Fitzpatrick's going to give you numbers like this. It'll come down to what their record is, because he might continue to put up numbers like this. And if the Bucks are suddenly two and two or two and three. Then they can make the switch, and then I guess it would be Jameis who would be in line to get these kinds of if, numbers. If they lose and he plays poorly, they'll make the switch. If he if they lose and what happened last night happens, they're probably not making the switch because as much as he was at fault, he also gave them a chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made some really good plays at the end. Um, what do you think about Deshaun Jackson? Ninety six percent owned. Now they're at the Bears, and then they have a bye. Would you drop Deshaun Jackson for Chris Godwin? Yes. Yes. I drop him for about seven of the receivers on waiver wire. Okay. OJ Howard, uh, he got eight we, targets. We got what we wanted from him, right? Yeah. Adam? But 50, 50 pass attempts for Fitzpatrick. So, you know, you got to look at the eight targets, I guess, with a slight grain of salt. And, and it comes in a game where Cameron Braid scored too. It's right. The funny part about it. Yeah. 72 yards for, he's so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> 73% owned. I mean, I think that's kind of a good ownership rate for him, right? He's not a must-own, must-start guy, but when no, he's, he's at- a must-own guy. Because if this continues, then you're gonna you don't want to miss out on it if he's still available. Okay. Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I think he's probably a top ten tight end this weekend. I I agree. Yeah, I mean, and then certainly when you look at the guys we're going to be talking about on waivers, like Benjamin Watson last week, like Will Disley, you know, Jesse and, and, James. And to be fair, uh, his his floor so far through three weeks has been seven PPR points. So he's not killing you even with the lack of targets. I kind of feel Howard. like OJ Howard is happening. It, it's what it's what uh, Dirk Cutter told Prisco. Drink um, that uh, <laughs> he his two guys that he expected to take the, the leap were Godwin and, and Howard, and and Godwin's there, and Howard looks like he's getting there. I'm not sure if I asked you this, but would you rather have Godwin or Calvin Ridley? Godwin. Godwin. Godwin, Godwin around. All right, last thing for the Steelers. <sighs> Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster, rest of season. Oh. oh. Antonio Brown or Michael Thomas, rest of season. Michael Thomas. Thomas. No, Brown. Yeah. Obviously Thomas. Brown. Obviously Brown. So do you think that he breaks the record for receptions, Michael Thomas? Uh, he, I, he needs to get eight more a week on average to tie it. I'm always going to bet against people breaking records. He needs eight catches per week? Yes. He, the only thing that will stop him is if he gets hurt. Well, their offense could change slightly with Ingram back. The thing they're doing, they, they don't like any of their receivers, and they're like they're moving him around a lot. Mm. And I think what we're seeing with a lot of these number one wide receivers that had bad weeks in week three is that teams are just scheming them away, or they have an elite corner that plays outside that can take them away. It's harder to do that with Thomas because they just they they love to put him in the slot. He's awesome, no doubt. Last year, I just want to look up a stat real quick. Last year, the Saints were 13th in rush attempts, and just out of curiosity, let's see where they are right now. They are 27th. So it's just a matter of what's going to happen when Ingram comes back. But Ingram makes a little difference. I think a bigger difference is. Is this defense ever anything close to what yeah, it was last year? That's a good point. Uh, so fine, take Thomas over Antonio Brown, but are you concerned about Antonio Brown? I mean, concerned about him being a good fantasy receiver? No. Concerned about him being the best fantasy receiver? Yes. Absolutely. Because Juju, like, he's I, awesome. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> very, he's awesome. And he has seen, like, Jamie and I were excited about him, hoping he'd get up to 20% of the targets this year. He's at 27% now, and that's holding steady. 
has, I, I still think Dave was right. There's going to be a Steelers receiver that's right, up. right, right. But it's going to end up being Juju instead of AB. No, no, it's going to be AB instead of Juju, the one suffering. Oh no, no, I, and I'm saying, yeah. and I was saying that it's going to be Juju who's the better one yeah. instead of AB. He has four fewer targets than Brown. He has three more catches than Brown. He has 146 more yards than Brown. But we're not taking him over Brown. Like we, we're not. I currently have him ranked over Brown this week. Wow, I'm not there yet, but. It's uh if the Ravens had one really good corner, I'd I'd agree with you. <laughs> the Ravens typically do pretty well against Antonio Brown, right? It's been hit or miss. I don't know. They're at home. It's hard to get away from them. Yeah, right. Maybe I'm thinking of AJ Green. Well, definitely AJ Green. The Ravens typically do well against until this year. All right, anyway, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith research. You don't do enough of that. Yeah, <laughs> this is the last time I'll be able to use it. Uh, let's go to uh dropometer or quarterbacks. We can do the drop on meter real quick. Uh Randall Cobb. Zero to ten. I like the matchup for him this week. The slot receivers against the Bills have been very, very good. Yeah. I like the matchup for him last week and he stunk. In Couldn't PPR I'd say it's a zero. In non PPR it's a four. Michael. But you're not going to start him with a ton of confidence. It's just there's so many of these receivers. You look you look at the guys mm-hmm. who you would put in the number three receiver category. And he does not win a lot of those head-to-head comparisons because he has one good catch on the season. Yeah, that's really it. Right. So you'd much rather go with a boy to Godwin and Mike Williams ahead of him. Right. But if there is, and a, I think that makes him droppable. If there is a chance, I mean, you look at what Tre'Davious White followed Stephon Diggs last week, and he's done a good. He he did a good job in slowing down Diggs, and Thielen just fed. And so, is he going to follow Devontae Adams? Probably. So the, the not betting Devontae Adams, but this is a you know like I I'd play Cobb and Daly for sure. The bill, it's a good call. The bills are, have been good against receivers this year and were very good against them last year. I mean, they have a good secondary. It might be the only thing that's good. Um, Michael Crabtree, zero to ten. He's in the same boat as Cobb. Yep. I don't really want to drop Crabtree. This is an, another guy with a very good matchup this week. Derrick Henry. Zero. You have to wait him out. Corey Davis. Yeah. I think you could you could do it in smaller leagues. I think you could do it in twelve team leagues too. Again, these guys that are playing at the level that they're playing at right now in pass heavy offenses are in better situations than Corey Davis. So yeah, he's like a seven or eight for me. Rex Burkhead. Six or seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. If he's not practicing on Wednesday then or Thursday, then yeah, it goes up to that high. Larry Fitzgerald. Zero. Uh, non PPR smaller leagues eleven. Okay, eleven. He's he's the targets aren't there. He's a touchdown dependent volume necess, volume needed slow receiver. Well, let's do Chris Hogan next. I, I think the one thing with Fitzgerald, which I, was why I take a wait and see approach, is young quarterbacks lock in on one guy, and now you have the he played well in week one, hamstring injury week two, didn't finish the game. And how healthy was he in week three? He played well in week one, but to Dave's point, he had like seven for 70. That's not that good in a non-PPR league. But if that's the floor. It's not the well, floor. It, but it's not. <laughs> but but if that is the floor. I mean, again, he's been banged up, and his track record suggests that he's better than that. That's been his floor I, I'm for the wait. three years. Yeah, I, but I'd this like year it's been a ceiling. All right, huh? i got to move on. i got to move on. I, I think it's wor- worth waiting and seeing. It could be Christian Kirk that Josh Rosen likes. It could be. Um, it could be Ricky Seals-Jones, Did too. we do Chris Hogan yet? Chris Hogan, 0-10. to 10. 100. Wow. You know, I, I really think that his future is not looking good at all. It's, his, it's his past, low. his past doesn't look his very past, good. You're right. His past, well, I mean, two touchdowns was, was pretty nice, but with Josh Gordon coming, Julian Edelman coming, his target, his targets aren't going to bounce back up. His last game with 80 yards receiving in the regular season was week 14 of 2016. I want to get into the waiver wire now, but I will tell you something that, uh, I actually did, Yesterday, I tried on my Tommy John shirt. I got my my shirt and my boxers. They're amazing. I tried on my Tommy John shirt, and then I put back on another T-shirt that I was wearing. And the difference was just so obvious, just so much more comfortable. Feels really, really nice. And go to TommyJohn.com slash FFT. All right, guys, girls, you're in the market for some clothes. You need some underwear. You need T-shirts. You need dress shirts, a whole bunch of stuff. Wait till you see the catalog that they have on TommyJohn.com. But go to TommyJohn.com slash FFT and get 20% off your first order, and you get free shipping and free returns on all dress shirt purchases. 
TommyJohn.com slash FFT. 20% off and free returns on all dress shirts. The dress shirts are awesome. They love these dress shirts. They're very excited about them. They've uh, perfected the Stay Tuck dress shirts after six years and 200 different wear-tested prototypes. These will stay tucked in. They've got the Invisigrip snack technology. You won't have to deal with any billowing or any bunching. Uh, you can stretch. You can twist. You can even put luggage on an airplane without restriction or any untucking. Get yourself some Tommy John clothing, whatever it is that you want. And, again, they've got a great women's line as well. TommyJohn.com slash FFT. 20% off your first order. That's awesome. And free shipping on the, on the dress shirts. TommyJohn.com slash FFT. All right, quarterbacks. We got Cam and Alex Smith on a bye. And we got Garoppolo and Tyrod Taylor out. Uh, Sam Bradford out. Marcus Mariota hopefully will be able to start this week. But anyway, Andy Dalton is at Atlanta. They are right now allowing the sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Last two weeks, Cam Newton and Breeze have torched them. We got Dalton. We got Tannehill. Mayfield, Keenan. Eli. Yeah, Eli against the Saints who allow the, I think the third most fantasy, or the most points to quarterbacks, pardon me. Uh, we said, uh, earlier we said Dalton was our favorite. Yes, Dalton's the favorite. Atlanta's secondary is all beat up. They, if Tack McKinley doesn't play, that means, cause Deion Jones isn't expected to play either, that's four starters down for them. So their pass rush is weak, the back of their defense is gonna be weak. And Andy Dalton has looked pretty good. He's only had one amazing game in fantasy, but he's he's got a nice floor. And in a game that should be high scoring, he should be able to find the end zone three times. Uh, I hope so. But he does have the A.J. Green question mark. I assume we're not going to be— that, This is, of course, assuming that A.J. Green's going to play. Right. And Green said he was going to play. I, I would be surprised if he didn't. Okay. So let's talk about the other guys. Who else do you like? Tannehill, Mayfield, Keenum, Eli, Flacco, Josh Allen. Eli and Tannehill are both top ten quarterbacks for me this week. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm not there yet with either guy just because there's so many good quarterbacks, but there, there's a lot of upside with both those those two in particular. So, Heath, you want to expand on that? Um, you know, I guess – Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. The, only, the one thing the Saints have done well so far is stop the run. And I don't think the Giants are slowing down the Saints offense. You guys gonna have to throw a ton of passes against a beat up secondary that's been awful so far. I'm, my two concerns are this. <laughs> Eli, Eli played like as well as he could possibly play last week. And he only scored 23 fantasy points. Yep. And Tannehill just doesn't throw the, throw the ball. He's averaging like 25 pass attempts a game. No, but some of those pass attempts are way downfield. Yeah. Also some of them are like little, them. Little shovel passes that get taken for a touchdown, so it's a little deceiving with the points. It worked for Patrick Mahomes in week one. It can work for Tannehill in week four and beyond. Tannehill's actually got four straight games with over 300 passing yards against New England. Um, I just, I just wonder though if they're just walking into a trap. This, this game is maddening to try to project because if you just look at the numbers, it tells you that the Dolphins should win this game. But it's so hard with our past history of New England, Miami to, to think that. Yeah, not on the road. Like the Dolphins can take them at home, but it'd be pretty surprising to beat them on the road. Uh, but you know, it's a, it's a big this, game. It's this a huge would game. be this, the, the end of the era if, if the Dolphins win this game. Because you look at, you look at New England and what, what does it look like they're good at right now? Uh, I, not answering press conference questions. <laughs> I'm encouraged by Sony Michelle, I guess. Why? Uh, you know, look, you're right, Heath, if you look at him, but also, we know, you never panic on New England. You never panic. Well, that's the thing. I don't think they're gonna lose. Yeah. But if they do lose for whatever reason, they're, they're looking at a three game hole against, against the, a Dolphins team that's played well. Alright, so. And if they win this game, then they're the best team in the division. And even, you don't have to think the Dolphins are going to win, cause if the Patriots are gonna be ahead, that's even better for Tannehill. Right. There's a difference between the Dolphins winning and Ryan Tannehill having a good game for fantasy. That's true. Okay, so, so let me wrap it up with the quarterbacks. Um. But if, they could do what they did to Watson, week one. If you yeah. need a, a long-term Garoppolo replacement or whatever, who's the guy to pick up for the rest of the season? Dalton. Dalton, but don't you, you can't commit to him for the rest of the season. You're just committing to him until there's a bad matchup or there's somebody better off the waiver. I wouldn't be opposed to getting. How about the Ohio combo at quarterback, Dalton and Mayfield, and you start with Dalton, and then you see what you got in Baker Mayfield. 
just pick up Dalton for this week. You'll figure out next week's quarterback next week. There will be three more good streamers next week. So here's the thing. Dalton actually, look at his schedule. Um, at Atlanta, that's great. Miami might not be great. But then Pittsburgh at Kansas City, Tampa Bay. He could be good in four of the next five games. Then New Orleans after a bye. Like, and again, for the Dolphins, which is why I think Brady's in a good spot. They lost what is statistically their best pass rusher in Hayes, who's leading them in sacks. And they're down Rashad Jones, who I hope returns from that for that secondary, but is no guarantee. Mm-hmm. So if that defense isn't the same, it's not a bad matchup for Dalton there. All right, let's go to the running backs now. Running backs. You can just move on. Well, I just want to ask you about Aaron Jones. It, it, well, no, I mean, Alfred Morris, 69% owned. Chris Carson's like 70% owned. Sure, if you owned. want to include that group. Yeah, I think we should. It, who's your favorite from that group? Aaron Jones, Bilal Powell, Chris Carson, Marlon Mack, Rashad Penny, Alfred Morris, Tariq Cohen. Carson. For this week, it's definitely Carson. Mm-hmm. It's not close. What if Breed is out? Still Carson. Still Carson. Okay. Is Aaron Jones a must own? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes, I, I think you should, you should own both Jones and Williams. I don't think you should consider starting either of them this week. And Powell and Morris. I mean, all those guys should be owned. Alright, so Buck Allen, he's getting, you know, 10 touches, 11, 12 touches, but no more than 44 total yards in any game, but he's scoring. And he has 13 catches in three games. That that's the more important thing to me is the 13 catches because he's he's their primary pass catcher. Yeah, you you can reasonably start him in PPR and not have to count on he's going to score two touchdowns like he did last week. And in this game where it could be high scoring, mm-hmm. he has the chance to be more right. involved than Alex Collins. They are at Pittsburgh this week for Javoris Allen, Wendell Smallwood. Uh, you know this one could bite you if. Ajayi or Sproles play, but he had 13 touches and uh, 91 yards, I believe, in a touchdown. So great game for him. They're at Tennessee. Tennessee's – they're not giving up a ton of fantasy points, I don't think, to running backs, but they are allowing 4.7 yards per carry to running backs. So Smallwood, maybe if somebody drops Corey Clements, you might want to pick him up too. Keep an eye on that. Uh Chris Ivory had 20 carries last week, and they're at Green Bay. Like, this is this is sneaky. He had 20 carries last week. Now, you would expect the game script to be a little bit different, but uh Green Bay's allowed 90 or more total yards to a running back in all three games. So Chris Ivory, 10% own. Any interest? If I'm desperate at running back, yeah. Take and, him ahead of any and, Packer running back. And he had 70 receiving yards. Yeah, he did. Yeah, one was a busted play. And that was about 60 of them, I think. Yeah, right, right, right. But he had more targets and catches than Murphy. So he's going to be their feature back while Shady's out. And if you're in PPR, Jalen Richard. And like, you know, Theo Riddick's 40% owned. Go for him. Uh, let's talk about wide receivers. Spend some time here on the wide receivers. So we got Ridley. So the guys I put in that, that are more than 65% owned, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, John Brown, and Sterling Shepard. We haven't really talked about him, but Evan Ingram will be out. They get the Saints. I assume you'll be fine starting any of them, Ridley, Lockett, John Brown, Shepard? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I think I actually like Shepard and Brown the most this week. Okay. Uh, so that brings us to Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, Tyler Boyd. Are we in agreement that in some order, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, Tyler Boyd are your top three? Yes. To pick up off waivers, yes. And that's not including the Ridley group, just the 65%. They're actually all owned less than 50% of leagues. Um, yes. Who do you like most long-term between Williams, Godwin, and Boyd? Williams. Williams has been my guy. He's been my guy all along, so I'm going to stick with Williams. I'm going to go with Boyd. So I looked at all the number two wide receivers in Andy Dalton offenses. There's only been one who's been really good for fantasy, and that was Marvin Jones, but he only had 712 yards. He had 10 touchdowns in 2013. Uh, and was the number 21 wide receiver in fantasy. But Dalton, Heath, Dalton's on pace for 619 pass attempts would be by far a career high. He's on pace for 4,600 passing yards. That would be by far a career high. So that's got, that's part of it with with uh, Boyd. We're seeing Dalton do stuff that he's never done before. What do you make of it? He is throwing more. I don't know that I expect him to throw that many times. But, yeah, I think Tyler Boyd – I mean, you look at the list of number two receivers that have not been good, and it's not a very impressive list of names outside of that Marvin Jones year. No, it's not. So, and he is a third year wide receiver. 
that is getting about 18% of the targets, catching a very high percentage of those targets, and has a good yard per catch average. That's a good combination. Yeah, the other thing that's helping, usually the number two receiver for Dalton is a tight end, and that's just not happening this year. Um, I, I'm pretty interested in Antonio Callaway. I know the final numbers weren't great, four catches for 20 yards, but he got 10 targets. He's a deep ball threat. Yeah. He's he's really talented. He fell in the draft because of character concerns at Oakland this week. Callaway's 43% owned, and he's back-to-back on Jamie's list with uh, Geronimo Allison. Who would you guys prefer, Callaway or Allison? I would prefer Allison since it looks like he's going to be the number two receiver in Green Bay. And I feel like Callaway is just a little too raw, and there's a lot of risk there with him, without his refined game, and with his quarterback. It's Baker Mayfield. It's one game he looked great, and I do think Baker has lots of upside. But am I going to take am I going to take a receiver catching passes from Aaron Rodgers or a receiver catching passes from Baker Mayfield? You know how much I loved Allison coming in the season. I think he's got a, a ton of upside, but I, I would take Callaway here just because I think there is a clearer path to consistent targets for him than there is for Allison because we still haven't seen the best of Jimmy Graham. There is still going to be Randall Cobb, and obviously Devontae Adams is going to be their featured guy. So. Uh, I, I think they're kind of similar because they both need big plays to be successful. Um, but I, I, you know, Callaway and Mayfield spent a lot of time with the second team offense. And so now that rapport should carry over to both guys being starters. I feel better about Allison this week, but I don't feel good necessarily about him long term just because he was fifth on the team in targets last week. He was fourth the week before. I don't, I don't know that he's going to be in the top three in terms of targets on this team. He is fourth on the team in targets through three weeks. He's first on the team in yards, which speaks to his big play potential. Drano he's got five Allison. more yards than Devontae Adams. Yeah. Well, that was the one big catch last week too. Sure. So yeah. 64 yard touchdown catch at Washington last week for Allison. Uh, all right. So I think we're probably reaching a point where it's like Williams, Godwin, Boyd, Callaway, Allison. There's going to be some excitement there to pick these guys up. And the rest of the list, you tell me. My interpretation is that not as much excitement. Jordy Nelson, Ted Ginn, Cameron Meredith, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant. You're right. Not a lot of excitement, and I think a lot of people will chase the Jordy Nelson numbers after what he did against Miami. I don't see that being consistent at all. I would be surprised if Jordy Nelson suddenly became a six-catch-a-week guy for Oakland. So who else can we go to uh, if we need help? I mean, you, when you list the Saints receivers, Ginn and Meredith, and you list the Dolphins receivers, Wilson and Grant, you are looking at situations where could be high-scoring games. Uh, sure. So, yeah, you want to comment on those guys? And if, are they worth a start this week, or is it just 14 teams or deeper? I, I don't think any of them are, are absolute must-starts. Ginn's matchup is interesting against the Giants. Grant? Grant is interesting just because of his speed and how the Dolphins might give him more work as they move forward. So I don't, I, that's the guy you're picking up and using in deeper leagues. It's not someone that you're going with, um, as a starter or as a flex in week four. I mean, amazingly, Grant does still lead the Dolphins in targets and he does have enormous big play potential. Okay. Uh, to tight ends then we've got Evan Ingram out. Jack Doyle out, Greg Olson making progress, but still out, and Hayden Hurst most likely out. There are three, two tight ends that I put in more than 65% of leagues that you might be interested in adding. Eric Ebron will get Houston this week. They just gave up a touchdown to Rhett Ellison. For what that's worth, they were terrible against Gronkowski, uh, and they faced the Titans in week two. That doesn't count. Um, so Ebron's 81% owned. I'm sure he'd be an attractive ad, even though I think he had 10 yards going into the final drive. Does anybody know that? I think he had 10 yards and then the final drive, he had three catches for 23 yards. And dropped two touchdowns. He dropped two touchdowns. It, it was a bad game, but he's still he's still somebody you're starting this week. Yeah, don't drop Eric Ebron if you own him. Uh, O.J. Howard, we've talked about. He's 73% owned. Other than that, guys who are owned in less than 65% of leagues, 65% or less, Benjamin Watson at the Giants, who have not really been tested by a tight end, but probably will still struggle against them. Vance McDonald with a tough matchup. Against Baltimore, Hayden Hurst to stash, Ricky Seals Jones, and Red Ellison. Who I, I gave that stat earlier. Uh, you guys want to talk about Watson, McDonald, Hurst, Seals Jones, Ellison? Watson's 
you know, he missed the touchdown in week two. Drew Brees overthrew him when he was wide open. Uh, he had a great track record against the Falcons. He delivered with a strong performance. Um, he, he, we, we sort of touched on this a little bit. He said they don't like the other options in the receiving game just based on how they're targeting Ted Ginn and, and Cameron Meredith. Um, Watson's kind of shuffled between the third and fifth target, um, on this team behind Kamara as well. But I, I think just given what, uh, his position is in an offense that's high scoring and this week's matchup is, is somewhat favorable. If you look at it, the Giants, I know they haven't given up the big games to tight ends, but Safari Jenkins should have had a touchdown in week one. You could say Niles Paul also in that same game. And then the tight end group for the Texans last week had over 115 yards or had 115 yards receiving between the three guys. So there, there is some matchup potential here for him also. Okay. And what about any, any Raven? Uh, that you might go with this week. The, the Steelers have been terrible. Uh, look, they face Kelsey, uh, week two, but they do allow the most fantasy points to tight ends. The problem is that Boyle and Andrews are kind of chopping it up right now. Um, and Williams. Yeah. It, I, like you could start Boyle or Andrew. I, I, I prefer those guys over Williams, but it's a, it's a desperation move. It better be a 14 team league or anything. And, and keep in mind, they play Monday, right? No, they play Sunday night. It's Sunday, Sunday night. night. So. Um, we should know what Hayden Hurst's status is if he is able to get some sort of practice time in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I think what's crazy is like if I get five fantasy points in non PPR from a tight end, I'm not happy about that by any means, but I'm okay with that. Oh yeah, I I suggested Austin Hooper as a streamer last week and really felt bad about it, and then he caught a two point conversion, and all of a sudden he was a good tight end. He's going to be a real good tight end this week, like his matchup against Cincinnati. Uh, okay. So that's your waiver wire. DSTs we've uh, pretty much discussed. Kicker's kind of interesting. Let me just say the DSTs again in case you're looking for them. But uh, Seahawks, Packers, and and Lions are three that you could definitely add. Also the Chargers, 76% owned. And they were good in their one easy matchup at Buffalo. They've also faced the Chiefs and the Rams. So you give them a little bit of a pass, but they got the Niners. So Chargers, Packers, Lions, um, and Seahawks. Kicker is interesting because, like, Sam Ficken, he's, I don't know if he's very good. He missed his only attempt, a 46-yard field goal. Last year he made two of three field goals. That's a bad percentage. Chris Boswell, guys. Like, where are you on Boswell? He is one for four in field goals this year. Yeah, he's cuttable. It's a shame, though, because he's on one of the best offenses in football. You like that, typically. Yeah, I mean, he'll be fine. They paid him. They're not going to get rid of him. No, but fantasy owners can get rid of them. I like it, uh, using, uh, Fair Bear this week. Yep. Alrighty. It's time for Team Name Tuesday. I know all you listeners out there, you're like, hey, Adam, do not forget Team Name Tuesday. And I did. But now I will remember Team Name Tuesday. Okay, let's, let's find it in the notes. Team Name Tuesday, here we go. Kittles, taste the rainbow. Kittles, taste the, hide and Zeke. An oldie but goodie. Hide and Zeke. Bean and cheese burrito. I'm not sure I get that. Bean and cheese burrito. Are they trying to say burrito sounds like burrito? Oh, well, maybe. Brie. Brie, the cheese. Brie. But who has beans with burrito? No, I think it's burrito. I think he's right. Yeah, trust me. I'm yeah, that's, <laughs> let's go with Dave on this one. I'm supposed to sing this one. I've got the power. Uh, Jones in for a good win. Sure, I'll take a good win. Curious case of Benjamin Sutton. I don't like that one because his name isn't Benjamin Sutton. It's Cortland Sutton, you know? Like I don't get it. Maybe they have Kelvin Benjamin and Cortland oh, Sutton. Oh, and there's a case in there, too. So and case, Benjamin. Yeah. Uh, I like Sony Delight. Sony Delight. Mm-hmm. That's a very good one. That might be the best one so far amongst this pack of this is a bad week. pathetic team names. And then Blade, Laser, Blazer, Michelle. That's funny. It's creative. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, should we read a few emails? Go a little overtime? Yeah, let's read a few emails real quick. We can probably do this in a, in a minute or two. Uh, from Sean. The Keenan Allen owner wants David Johnson straight up. Half point PPR. Who would you rather have? David Johnson or Keenan Allen? It's a keeper league. Johnson. Allen. It's Allen. a keeper league. Receiver, keep receivers always have more longevity than running backs. Andrew in Cincinnati, I have Burton and O.J. Howard. It's an eight-team half PPR league. Who do you like better rest of the season? 
Oh, everybody's pausing. Everybody wants to say Howard. I like Howard better this week. Well, I didn't ask that. Who is it? Howard or who? Burton. Trey Burton. Uh, Trey Burton. Okay. Uh, come yeah. on, give me an answer, everybody. Burton or Howard, rest of the season? Burton. Burton. Okay. I'll still say Burton, but I wouldn't, I'd rather have Howard this week. Jeremy just offered Austin Eckler for Le'Veon Bell in PPR. Am I lowballing? Kinda, but why not? Yep, you are. I'm not sure the Steelers are gonna get a better offer than that. <laughs> who, who would I'm you rather you, man, have? Jason Leitch has just walked across the field and said, what will you give me? Yeah. Who'd you rather have rest of season? <laughs> James Connor or Le'Veon Bell? Connor. I'll say Connor. Connor. I'm gonna lead with that question tomorrow in case, uh, people have tuned out by now. Uh, and this is from Brendan from the North. Hey, Adam, Jamie, Dave, and Little Bo Beef. I like that. Little Bo Beef. Chris Carson is on waivers. I need a running back. How much fab should I use on Chris Carson? How much fab would you use on Calvin Ridley? I'd go 15 to 20% on Carson if you're that desperate for running back. Right. And 10 to 15% on Ridley. 21%, 15%. 21 for Carson. Sure. P.S. I won my league in baseball because of your baseball podcast. Just thought your football listeners should know it's the number one place for all your fantasy baseball needs. Nice. Wahoo! That's, that's how you get an email read. There it is. Thank you, Brendan. And thank you all for listening. Thanks to wait, Dave. Wait, 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 wait. I got one more waiver wire guy. Oh, yeah? Who's that? Wait. Hold on. Let me look it up. Okay. Who are we looking at? No. got to go by. No, 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 no. Dave? I'm, I'm just letting you Oh, no, 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 no. No.